Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Monday. What a busy weekend it was. Nine, not one, not two, not three, but nine House Republicans are now declared to be candidates for the speakership race. There there could be a vote as early as tomorrow on the Senate caucus and on the floor as early as Wednesday. We'll be keeping a close eye on that. And of course, there is a candidate forum tonight where each of the nine may present their vision for the future of the caucus. A lot of dissension, a lot of emotion still running high in the House Republican caucus in the aftermath of Jim Jordan's rejection as speaker. So we're going to keep you up to date on all of those things today. We've got a really, really good show for you. I'm really excited about today with the Israeli ground invasion just on the horizon. We think it could happen as early as tonight or tomorrow night. There are a lot of people asking, well, what is the objective? What will Iran do with its proxies, Hezbollah and Lebanon, the Houthis and Yemen? Will they try to engage the United States? And the answer is, yeah, and all of the above. There's probably going to be a very difficult time, not just for Israel, where there could be rockets coming from all different directions, but also for the U.S. carrier groups that are in the Persian Gulf, in the Mediterranean, there could be a lot of violence, a lot of propaganda, a lot of confusing attacks designed to make us make a misstep. So I thought we'd start today with somebody whose voice on national security is as clear and as clear-headed as anyone in this country. In fact, way more clear-headed than a lot of the people currently in the State Department. Fred Flights is the former National Security Council's chief of staff. He was a former CIA analyst, worked for the House Intelligence Committee for a long time. Today, he is one of the most important voices at the America First Policy Institute. He's going to kick us off. We're going to get the very latest analysis on Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah. We'll also talk a little bit about Ukraine and Russia and China as well. So we got a really great opening interview. Fred will take us through that. And then we will turn to Carl Zabo. He is, I think, one of the most important voices, executive vice president at NetChoice, one of the most important voices on artificial intelligence. He is level-headed. He's neither an advocate nor a critic. He's just an honest broker on it. And he has been talking a lot about how AI is being used in the war to help Israel defeat Hamas, how it's being used to scan the border for threats, how it's being used in medicine to identify 
cancers and ailments before the human eye can detect them. It's even doing things like writing out Christmas cards and, this is my fun one, writing out Christmas cards and coming up with recipes that you might have forgotten from your aunt or your grandma or your mother. So Carl's going to talk a little bit about where we are in the AI evolution, specifically as it relates to the wars in Israel and in Ukraine right now, but also its long-term importance to cybersecurity, to uh, everyday medicine, everyday technology, and also where are we in the policymakers? Are Congress and the agencies developing a policy framework to keep the laws and regulations up with the technology to make sure we're not stifling innovation, but that we're also dealing with ethics, legal, and regulatory issues for the good of this country. Carl is on the front end of that. So that is our show today. We're very excited to have that. Over the weekend, we had a couple of very important stories. Of course, we're still absorbing the enormity of the $200,000 payment that we know that James Biden gave Joe Biden right after he got money from a failing healthcare company, James Biden did. And that money just passes through, apparently, to Joe Biden, marked as a loan agreement. We'll see if that's really the case or not. But clearly, we're going to have a lot of news on that. And tomorrow, we're going to have James Comer and Ron Johnson on the show. So you'll have lots of answers by tomorrow on that front. A couple other stories that I think is really important. My amazing colleague, Madeline Hubbard, did a great job today going through all of the Biden administration officials who at one point or another in their career, either as private citizens or since they joined government, have expressed disturbing anti-Israeli, anti-Israel sentiments, anti-Semitic sentiments. It's a very large number. It might be larger than any time I can remember assembled in one administration. That is a very important story that I think is getting some attention. And then Stephen Richards put together an amazing story. That's right. It really is a good story. Looking at all of the developments in the Joe Biden family business, they call it Family Matters. So many changes to Joe Biden's story, so many changes to the factual underpinnings of the scandal. And that story is getting a lot of attention. And we had a good story over the weekend about the role that NewsGuard is playing in cancel culture of news media, particularly conservative news sites. Well, today, a liberal news organization sued. I'm not making this up. They sued NewsGuard claiming improper censorship. That's a big deal. And of course, my extraordinary colleague, Stephen Richards, got that out first. Federal government disinformation arbiter NewsGuard sued for alleged First Amendment violation. Oh, one more that I think is worth noting, because I think it'll make you a little upset, and it should. The head of the General Services Administration, basically the administrative arm of the U.S. government, he's been working remotely from Missouri, even while forcing other federal employees to come back to their offices. That story is getting a lot of attention. You might enjoy that one as well. Some good work by Madeline Hubbard on that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our exclusive interview with Fred Flight's former chief of staff to the National Security Council. Oh, folks, mentioning America First is so important. The AFPI, the American First Policy Institute, they're doing amazing things and they're growing an agenda for the future of this country. And if you've ever wanted to dine with some of former President Trump's cabinet members who are now leaders at America First Policy Institute, this is your chance. AFPI is hosting its America First Experience in Gala at Mar-a-Lago on November 17th. So just over a month from now, we're just under a month from now. The guest list is filling up, but they have reserved 
two seats for one patriot and his or her guest. You could be the lucky winner to secure two tickets to the VIP experience at Mar-a-Lago and attend the gala with an all-expense paid trip to Florida first-class dinner and an exclusive VIP after-party to cap off the night. Ready to get your name on the guest list? I know I might want to be doing that. No purchase is necessary. All you have to do is text JTN, that is JTN, to 70107, 70107, to unlock your exclusive free entry to win the trip of a lifetime. No games, no gimmicks. This is a real deal. But don't delay. The contest ends soon, and you could miss out on meeting Brooke Rollins, Linda McMahon, Larry Cardlow, Chad Wolf, and many others of the first America First leadership, the America First Policy Institute, and you get to go to President Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort. So again, text JTN, that stands for Just the News, JTN to 70107 to claim your exclusive free entry today, JTN to 70107. All right, folks, we'll be back with Red Flights right after these messages. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews, and for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Over the weekend, a lot of clear hostilities in the Middle East beyond just the Hamas-Israel direct conflict, rockets being shot from all different locations, from Hezbollah, from the Houthis in Yemen. I thought we'd bring in one of the most learned folks we have on the National Security Forum today. He's the vice chair of the America First Policy Institute's Center for American Security. He's a former chief of staff to the National Security Council and a longtime CIA analyst. 
He also worked for the House Intelligence Committee. Joining us right now, our good friend, Fred Flights. Fred, great to have you back on the show. Hey, John. Good to be here. A very tense weekend. And I know a lot of people were waiting for the Israeli offensive to begin. But while that was in abeyance waiting to happen, a lot of antagonism, particularly Iranian-backed militias antagonizing our own troops, our own carrier group in the Gulf. Is Iran trying to lure us into a battle? I think Iran takes advantage of any opportunity, and it sees chaos right now. It sees weak American leadership. We see American uh, forces in Syria and Iraq uh, being attacked by Iran-backed militias. Uh, missiles reportedly were fired at Israel from the Houthi rebels in Yemen. And we know that these rebels, you can't imagine rebels have drones and missiles that can uh, uh, have a significant range, but they actually have that. And we know that because they have fired a number of missiles almost over the entire nation of Saudi Arabia to hit uh, oil depots and other other areas in they're basically shooting from Western Yemen. They've shot across the country into Eastern Saudi Arabia. They have the capability to hit Israel, and they would only have this if they didn't have uh, very substantial support from Iran. And a, an American ship shot these down. The ship, I think, was in the Red Sea. Uh, but it does seem that I- I- Iran is trying to get involved in the conflict. Yeah, no, it really does. Over the weekend, also, IDF forces said that they had found a significant cache of documents suggesting that there might be some bioweapons or chemical weapons that Hamas was preparing or certainly knew how to prepare. Is this the sort of thing we should be really worried about, that this will be more than traditional warfare of rockets and guns and things like that? I think we should expect this. I think if we have uh, terrorists who prepare to commit the unspeakable atrocities, and we're learning more about that uh, today because the Israelis are releasing body cams uh, from the terrorists on on how they slaughtered these these Jewish people in Israel, and it is incredibly grisly. But we have to watch this to understand who these people are. When we hear Democratic members of Congress pushing for a ceasefire, it's like calling for a ceasefire with the Nazis. And I don't use the word Nazis or Nazi Germany lightly. That's what we're talking about here. These really are animals. Uh, So, you know, we're, we're looking at what this really amounts to here. And uh, we need to be very clear about it. Yeah. On the north side yesterday, particularly Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, very stark warning to Hezbollah that if you want to get involved, prepare to be destroyed. The idea that Hezbollah, particularly from Lebanon, may open a second or third front of this war, probably going to end badly for Hezbollah, right? Well, I'm very concerned that Hezbollah could get involved. They have maybe 100,000 rockets and missiles, and they're more accurate than what uh, Hamas has in Gaza. They could do an enormous amount of destruction. But there's some complications here. It's easy to say, well, Iran may just order Hezbollah uh, to invade Israel because Iran hates Israel. Hezbollah also is a political party and holds seats in the Lebanese parliament. Lebanon's economy has been devastated because of the incredible incompetence of the various parties who try to run it, not just Hezbollah. They don't have a, a real president right now. And if Lebanon, under Hezbollah's leadership, was to go to war with Israel, Israel will destroy Lebanon. I was in Beirut in late 2006 after the last Israel-Lebanon war, and I just saw the destruction, the bomb craters, the damage to bridges to the airport. 
So is, if Hezbollah does this, they're gonna, it's going to cost them politically in Lebanon. Do they want to go to war with Israel and invite Israel to destroy their country? It's easy for us to say, well, sure, they're going to do that because they're an Iranian ally. I'm not so sure yet. So far, we've seen tit-for-tat attacks. I don't think Hezbollah has made a decision whether to get involved. I mean, whether to get involved in a big way. They are involved in terms of firing volleys and missiles over the border. But whether this will be a major engagement, we just don't know yet. Yeah. And I think that pause, that calculation of what's at stake for them may be a reason for the pause. Over the weekend, I believe it was one of the IDF generals or perhaps it was the foreign minister in Israel. It was asked, why haven't you started the offensive? And the answer is, well, the United States asked us to slow down and allow the aid to come in first. The idea that the U.S. may be slowing down a planned Israeli offensive, what should we be concerned about that? There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, Biden has to offer his unequivocal support for the state of Israel at this dire moment in its history, not to be lecturing them on how they should conduct the war or insisting that they observe the laws of war. John, do you remember Biden saying that to to Zelensky or to Ukraine, that they should fight Russia according to the laws of war? I'm not saying the U.S. may not have concerns about Israel's response, but they have to be relayed privately, publicly. There shouldn't be any daylight between us and the Israelis. So I've, I've seen reports that the Israelis are delaying their assault into Gaza because of U.S. pressure, but I'm not sure that's all that's going on here. Israel is smart. They know that Gaza is a trap. It's full of landmines. It's full of booby traps. And they're not just going to walk into this trap. And the Israeli army will invade when it's ready. And it is now attacking the tunnels. It's conducting raids of certain areas of Gaza. So, you know, it's it's let's not just assume that Biden's not letting them invade or we know what's going on. I think it's complicated. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's a lot of pre-war planning and also pre-war clearing and softening of potential threats to the Israeli soldiers that is going on that I think really makes a big difference in the calculation long term how they're going to fight the war. So that does seem to be going on in the background. When you look out at the moment that we're in, obviously the U.S. has some battle carrier groups there. We're providing some support. Is this a time where we need to be very concerned that, hey, China maybe does something with Taiwan, Russia tries to pull a new offensive? What are some of the other chess pieces on the board that we might not be thinking about because we're so mesmerized by you know this heinous attack that Hamas did? But are there other places in the world where people might try to move while our attention is elsewhere? I think we have to keep a close eye on China. This is just a golden opportunity while the U.S. is distracted with Ukraine and Gaza, while Biden is trying to link supplemental funding to Israel with with his Ukraine policy, which Congress, frankly, wasn't going to pass another supplemental for. I think the Chinese realize this will be very difficult for us to manage if they were invade Taiwan now. I don't know that they're ready. Gordon Chang thinks they're ready, and other people you interview thinks they're ready. But if they are ready, uh, I'm very worried about it. And I just wish Biden had better national security advisors around him that will allow him to take a wider and more sophisticated view of the threats facing our country. Yeah, see the whole chessboard for what it is right now. 
Michael Oren, good friend, former Israeli ambassador to the United States during the Obama years, I thought had a really eloquent assessment this weekend for all those, including the squad and the university protesters and others who were calling for a ceasefire so that the hostages could be freed. He said flatly, a ceasefire is a surrender to Hamas. Your thoughts on some of these unusual requests to kind of dictate to Israel, let's have a ceasefire, let Hamas get away with things. Probably not the way they're going to win this battle, is it? Well, I would say to Ilhan Omar and all these other Democrats, so you want to negotiate a ceasefire with Hamas? What will Hamas give for the ceasefire? Will it agree to stop killing Jews? Will it agree that it will stop trying to eliminate the state of Israel? They have to offer something. A ceasefire is a negotiated settlement. What would they offer for this? They're not going to offer any of those things. They want to get off the hook and then get humanitarian aid and see Israel be condemned in the process for defending itself. That's what this amounts to. Yeah. Uh, that really is it. And there's going to be no negotiating with Hamas. They're not an honest partner at the table. Russia, Ukraine, just quickly, your assessment of the progress of the war, it seems like a long, painful slog. No one's really seeming to make a lot of progress right now. Is this something that's going to drag on for a long time? I think so. And the war hasn't gone as well as it was supposed to go or the way we were told it was going. I think the prospect for Ukraine making significant progress next year is better than it is right now. But I think we're looking at a long-term war of attrition, and there are a significant number of Republicans, especially in the House, who do not want to fund this conflict indefinitely. They want to see a plan. What is Biden's plan to get this war over with, to get to a peace plan, to get to a ceasefire? Biden won't talk about that. Instead, you know, he was asking for $24 million for Ukraine over the summer. Now he's asking for six, I'm sorry, 24 billion over the summer. Now he's asking for 60 billion and he's tying it to aid for, 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 uh, for Israel, thinking that'll make it irresistible for Republicans to vote for. House members are not, House Republicans will not vote for this. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Border numbers came out, not a surprise because we knew they were as bad as we could possibly imagine, but still the idea of 3.2 million crossing the border, the total number of terrorists encountered or people with terrorism tie encountered 723, I think it was, just jaw-dropping numbers. The security of our own country in the midst of that crush of humanity coming across the border. What's your latest thoughts on that? I, I think Biden is doing incalculable damage to our homeland security. He did not want to defend the border. This was part of his radical left wing effort to change the demographics of our country. Uh, you know, this could have been stopped. The, the Remain in Mexico policy could have been continued. If we had a tough president with tough policies, all these uh, gotaways and, and illegal aliens wouldn't be in this country. Who, who knows how many? A thousand, two thousand terrorists are, are in our country right now. How many work for Hamas? This is all on Biden's watch. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly it's going to be a long tail legacy, too, because God knows how many people have gotten in that have nefarious means and what they're plotting, but it isn't going to be just one episode that we're going to be reminded of it. It's probably going to be a running episode for a long time. As you look out now, the presidential race, obviously in an interesting moment, Donald Trump way out front, Ron DeSantis and, and Nikki Haley kind of battling for a distant second. Any surprises there? And anything about the differences in the Republican side's primary positions when it comes to foreign policy? Anything that caught you off guard over the weekend? I, I think that we're going to have an America first president, no matter who the nominee is. I had big differences with certain candidates like uh, Nikki Haley, who seemed to 
be supporting President Biden's policy in Ukraine to give him uh, weapons for as long as it takes without a plan. And I've written about that. I don't. I think she's dead wrong. That's not where the American people are. And at the end of the day, I think that that is not the, the position that will be held by the eventual nominee for the Republican Party. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. In fact, that was probably the biggest surprise of the weekend for me on any political front where she staked out her position there. Fred, it's always an honor to watch the work you do to have you on the show. Could you give us a quick, just some coordinates, obviously your Twitter handle for the great stuff you do there, but also for all the stuff that you do at America First Policy Institute. What's the best way to stay in touch? Our, our website is AmericaFirstPolicy.com. And uh, we do national security, uh, election integrity, um, fixing our health care system. We have 22 policy centers. It's, it, it's a very aggressive program that is going to prepare America, take our country back during the next presidency. Yeah, it is an amazing resource to anyone looking to understand where the brightest, best ideas for national security are. It's the first place you should stop each time. Fred, great to have you on the show. Thanks for a good update. What a busy weekend. But I feel like we're a lot smarter after hearing from you. So thanks so much. Good to be here, John. All right, my friend. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, a little discussion about AI. A lot of interesting things going on that front related to the war. We'll describe that after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money-back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks. Welcome back for the commercial break. Over the last year or two, there has been an enormous focus on the potential and the threat of artificial intelligence. And it shows up in so many different places. And it's clear that American political policy is far behind the technological advances it is trying to address. And when the war in Israel started, when Hamas attacked Israel, and we started to learn about some of the capabilities that new warfare would rely upon for AI. And then we heard over this weekend that China is using AI to find exploitable holes in our own security net here in America. I thought it'd be a good time to bring Carl Sable back on. He's the vice president and general counsel for NetChoice and really one of the country's premier experts on AI. Carl, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We love having this conversation because it's both exhilarating and scary, right? There we, we see a new era of potential technology and things that AI can do that will be incredibly helpful for the future of America. And then we see some of the things and we say, oh my God, China's using it to find holes in our security system. This next year, it seems like AI will be a major part of the battlefront, whether it's Hamas, Israel, Hezbollah in Iran, or China and the ongoing battles for supremacy against the United States. Tell us a little bit about what you've been seeing and watching in terms of AI's integration into warfare. Yeah, I mean, AI has been a key part of our lives in keeping us safe and secure. AI was developed in part for spam blocking, so stopping fraudulent, deceptive emails that are out there to steal our money, steal our personal information. Well, every time we say or identify something as spam, the system learns. It gets better at detecting. It gets better at identifying and blocking and stopping. So that's an area where AI is being deployed today that has been deployed for quite a while to protect our critical infrastructure. We're seeing it also in Israel. So right now, Hamas and their allies are attempting constantly to tear down, disrupt and break Israel's critical infrastructure. We're talking power grids. We're talking hospitals. We're talking communication systems. And just like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park, they are constantly testing the fence for any weakness. And when they find it, they will avoid it. Well, the artificial intelligence systems that are being used to block spam are being used to block these types of cyber attacks as well. So when it sees too many uh, attacks coming from the same IP address, the same servers. Artificial intelligence is able to move basically close to the speed of light at blocking off access, blocking off communication with those in, uh, insidious servers. So that's one area. The, the more clear, concrete, and, and visible example where AI is really playing a role in the protection of Israel is with the Iron Dome system. Now, the Iron Dome is what we sometimes see on TV, where you will see a terrorist rocket out of Gaza being launched, and then Israel is actually able to shoot down that rocket, shoot down that threat. And that is only possible through artificial intelligence, because what happens is as soon as the, uh, the rocket comes out of Gaza, a computer is able to calculate the trajectory, 
the angle of uh, altitude and is able to, within milliseconds, calculate a point of in- interception and launch a rocket to hit the incoming threat. The mathematics behind this are moving so fast, so furiously. I've taken into account things like wind speed and, and other uh, non-clear factors. It's type of calculation that we wish we had back in the 1960s when we were going to the moon. And it is only possible through artificial intelligence to be able to do this in real time. So artificial intelligence is blocking the cyber attacks that we can't see, and it's being used to essentially hit a dartboard six miles away with a bullseye in the blink of an eye with respect to things like Iron Dome. So those are two areas where AI is coming into play. And one one last one, uh, just for your audience, is when it comes to physical and terrorist threat detection and prevention. And what I mean by that is uh, international espionage analysis, it's often done with somebody collecting a bunch of data points, putting them together, and then kind of like somebody with board connecting random, random pieces of information together to create a whole picture. And if we look back at our own history, 9-11, we had the information, we had the intelligence, we just could not connect the dots. Well, now with the power of artificial intelligence, we can actually look at who is moving where, what terrorists are in what position, what equipment are they ordering, where is stuff getting moved? And artificial intelligence can remember stuff that happened 10 years, 10 seconds ago, just as well as it can remember this conversation that you and I are having. So it's able to better connect the dots. So we can actually detect the terrorist threats before they attack. And then when it comes to rescuing the hostages that are being held in the tunnels under Gaza, it can look at the movement of trucks, the movement of construction equipment, and better paint a picture of what that underground maze looks like before special forces go in and rescue the hostages. Amazing. As we saw some of that over the weekend, and we know this is going to be the most modern warfare we've ever witnessed, and AI will be at the center of it. When you look out, and you you study this so well, where is America compared to its potential enemies in AI warfare and AR security deployment? Are we on the front end, back end, middle of the back? How are we doing? We are incredibly fortunate that we live where we do. Uh, The United States for the past 50 years has been the leader in technological. We developed the processor, we developed the programs, we developed the internet. Same thing's true with Israel as well. Believe it or not, a, a population slightly larger than the state of uh, city of New York City uh, actually has some of the greatest technological minds on the planet. But the real threat right now that I see is our own desire to stop ourselves. Our greatest threat when it comes to AI innovation, AI security, AI deployment, is actually ourselves. We have people across the country, people even in our own Congress, calling for a pause, a stop, a prohibition on the development or deployment of artificial intelligence, regardless of the good that it will do. Uh, A a quick example of AI that I experienced recently was I was in a fully self-driving car. And this was down in Phoenix. The reason we don't have it anywhere and everywhere is because local government regulations don't make it possible. So one of the greatest threats we have 
to our technological innovation, to our technological superiority, is these calls we're seeing in the halls of Congress, in the halls of state legislatures, and even in the halls of educational institutions to stop, to pause, to block the development and deployment of artificial intelligence. Because at the end of the day, we all know, the only people who follow the laws are law-abiding individuals. The bad guys, the ones who break the laws, are going to continue to break the laws. And as China, as, as Russia and Iran continue to develop and deploy their own artificial infrastructure, if we don't keep up, if we don't advance, we will be at their mercy. And that's the fear that I... Yeah, no, that's a very important thing. How are we doing on the regulatory front? Obviously, there is a lot of discussion in Congress and the policymaking circles to come up with new parameters, new policy, because a lot of our, particularly our technology policies, are often years, if not decades, behind the actual advances that they purport to regulate. How would you put the regulatory and congressional policymaking process up against the advances on AI? Are policymakers keeping up or are they slipping behind? You know, this is one of the actual pieces of good news that we don't hear enough about. We are actually way ahead when it comes to regulating artificial intelligence because of the way that our laws and systems operate. Today, we have thousands of laws that apply to artificial intelligence because unlike much of the world, we don't regulate technology. We regulate against bad outcomes. So the simple example I like to think of is like a hammer. You can use a hammer to build a house or break a window, but we don't outlaw hammers. We don't regulate hammers. We say you may not engage in destruction of private property. We don't care if it's done with a hammer, a rock, a fist, or an artificial intelligence. So just like with destruction of private property, defamation, uh, discrimination, we have thousands of laws on the books today that apply to AI just like they would apply to anything else. So that's the good news. We are already heavily regulating AI, but in the right way, in the way that is based on outcome determination. What are the problems we are trying to stop? And we say, you can't do that. Not, you may not use artificial intelligence. And so that's the brilliance here. So that, yes, there are some gaps that need to be filled, but only AI is heavily regulated. And we've done it in a way that still allows what I like to refer to as permissionless innovation. We can develop, deploy, and create. We just can't commit crimes, whether we use AI or any other means to do so. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, if you apply the law just the way any other criminality is, it's a simple way to actually referee what's going on. In the health and in learning and other places, AI obviously is having a profound effect. Its ability to diagnose or to screen for things that the human eye might miss is really remarkable. I, I was with some medical people over the weekend just at an event, and it seems as though between nanotechnology and AI, the ability for the medical profession to find, diagnose, treat things that would have easily escaped the human eye is getting better by the day. What's the most exciting part about AI in the medical front right now? I think you kind of put your finger on it. So what we are seeing is just like a radiologist, AI can look at tens of thousands of x-rays and recall the first one it saw just as well as it saw one a couple seconds ago. And it can begin doing pattern recognition. So imagine a radiologist who's looked at 4 million 
uh, pieces of mammograms, 400 mammograms. Imagine how smart that radiologist would be. Well, that's what AI is. And the nice thing is, is democratizing that access. So now you have technology that many, if not most hospitals can access. And by looking at that amount of data, it can, as you point out, better detect cancerous cells than a human can. Now we're actually seeing it being used on a more macro scale. So it can begin detecting future physical ailments based on other indicia, other criteria. Uh, the one that I oftentimes joke about is, imagine if we could figure out male pattern baldness based on some other factors. Then every time my wife turns to me and says, Carl, you're going bald, I can say, actually I'm not, or my fear can actually be legitimate. So we are seeing the use of AI to look at a myriad of factors because it can look for patterns on almost anything and it can do it on what's called big data sets better than we can. So this is like doing research at incredible speed and incredible efficiency on so many potential physical and mental harms. The last thing I'll mention is as we approach the Thanksgiving season, uh, one of the things that I often find really helpful is I'll sometimes have difficulty writing really clever holiday cards to people. And we can just on an individual level, go to services like Bard, which is offered by Google and say, hey, write me a 40 word funny holiday card to my friend Jim uh, and uh, do it in iambic pentameter and it will spit it out and I can send that off to Jim and that will really help us all with our holiday card deployment. So from a medical perspective, I'm super excited at the ability to detect, diagnose and eliminate problems before they start. And then from a personal perspective, something as simple as getting out those holiday greeting cards is going to be easier once we begin leveraging this technology. That it is. It is a pretty remarkable time and so many exciting things. Hmm, I was just thinking about my Christmas cards listening to you. How about that? Um, I got an idea. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I'm here for. Ah, Carl, you do such great work. We are so grateful for your insights all the time. Because this is an area a lot of people are just starting to come to realize is going to change our lives for, for the better. But also, you know, it's going to be a big change. What's the best way, Carl, to follow the good work you do, whether it's at NetChoice or on social media? Yeah, it's pretty simple. You can uh, check us out at netchoice.org, N-E-T-C-H-O-I-C-E dot O-R-G. And you can uh, follow us on X at netchoice. And you can follow me personally at Carl Zabo, C-A-R-L, S is in Sam, Z is in Zebra, A is in Apple, B is in Boy, O is in October S, Z-A-B-O. Highly recommended, folks. Carl is really on the forefront of, I think, the most important technological policy discussions in America right now, but sorry, particularly with AI. Carl, always an honor to have you on. Lot, we'll be sure to be getting you back on soon because a lot more history is going to play out and a lot more developments on the AI front are right on the horizon. So we'll be sure to have you back on real soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. A big thank you to Fred Fights and Carl Sabo, two very important and I think uh, really learned guests. I think we learned a lot from both of them today. Keep an eye on Israel. I think the ground invasion of Gaza could be near and that could lead to a much larger war in Israel. We'll be watching closely with that. And of course, if you want to join President Trump's former cabinet members at Mar-a-Lago for an exclusive dinner, America First Policy Institute might be able to make that happen. They've got two tickets. You can get a chance to win them by going by just texting JTN, the letters JTN, to 70107, 70107JTN. Get a chance to go hang out with President Trump's cabinet members at Mar-a-Lago, November 17th. So just over a month from now, go check that out. JTN 70107. All right, folks, that wraps up today's edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Be sure to check out justinnews.com. I'll be covered day and night with breaking news. And of course, if you download the Justin News app from the Apple and iPhone stores and the Android store, you will be able to read, to listen, or to watch Justin News content, the TV show, the podcast, and of course, all the great news. That is a great way to experience all three ways of consuming Justin News content. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, God bless you and have a great night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.